You are listening to the Triple E Podcast, elevating employee experience. And speaking of employee experience and engagement, we have a very engaging guest in the studio today, the virtual studio. Today, we have Matt Kazam on the show. Matt, how are you? I'm doing well, Josh. Thanks for having me. Matt, you are a humor scientist, a virtual speaker, performer, and creator of online courses. You run workshops and experience based on the science of humor. You know humor. You know comedy tell us a little bit is your name related to that Kazam? yeah it's, it's funny uh i've been doing i did my first show at three years old got first paid show at six years old um 10 years old my parents take me to vegas i see my first comedy show in vegas joan rivers and shecky green at the riviera i knew right then that uh that's what i wanted to do with my life and 35 years later i got my own show in the same room that i saw the show when i was 10 years old my real last name is Kazem, K-A-Z-E-M. But uh, the guy said Matt Kazam, and I thought it was a sign, and I could still cash checks. And and uh, the only problem is that people think I'm a magician. You know, they like, uh, they're like <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, is Matt Kazam your real name? I go, no, no, it's actually Al Kazam. But every time they announce me, things would appear, so I couldn't add the chance. <laughs> um, Matt, I have watched your videos. You are highly engaging, highly entertaining. I've seen you stand in front of enormous audiences absolutely comfortable and and when i think of employee engagement that's what i think about is how can you be so comfortable in your own skin that you are just so engaging to the audience they don't even sense that you might even be a little bit nervous a little bit scared yeah. to be up there how have you how have you developed that over the years well it's actually be out of a, a a huge a lot of people you know i talk a lot about perceptions and realities in, in my courses and one of the perceptions is that comedians, you know, are, are these overly, you know, um, uh, you know, you know, they're not they're, they're shy, you know, they're, they're, they're just naturally outgoing people. But the, the opposite is true. Most comedians are painfully shy. If you met Chris Rock in real life, you would go, there's no way that's Chris Rock. It must be his twin brother comes out and shakes hands after the show because Chris <laughs> is painfully shy. Drew Carey, painfully shy. Most comedians painfully shy. So we had to develop, you know, the, the, these kind of as a defense mechanism, ways to come over, to overcome this um, so that we could do the thing that we love. But um, it's not like we were born this way. It, 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 so I had to develop, you know, you know, a system science um, for ways that I could get out of my own way, you know, and, and I and I have social anxiety. I can't even ride in an elevator with, with people if it's too crowded. Yet I did a show for 72,000 people at halftime of the Houston Texans game. So it, 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 once I realized that, you know, shyness and, 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 and that's kind of who I am and my personality, and that's never going to change, but I can develop the skills that I need to be able to overcome it, to be able to do any show, take over any room, it's all a performance, you know, I tell everyone, we're all in the entertainment business, whether we want to be or not, just because of, you know, a lot of things, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's, it's, there's no more delivering information. There's no more room in the conscious mind to process this information. So we need to bypass the conscious mind, get to the subconscious, and that's what humor does. It goes straight there and you connect with people as human beings. So, so part of it is that, yes, you know, I'm, I may be able to be engaging, you know, um, strategically and intentionally, but it's this—it's—it's it's humor that 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 engages. You know, it's yeah. we're at our best as human beings when we're making each other laugh. We want 
to, to be making each other laugh. It's, it's the, you know, it's one of the two forms of communication we're given at birth. And, and, um, you know, we're at our safest when we're making each other laugh. So there's a bunch of reasons, but it, it, that's why I say humor works once you reintroduce it back into an organization because it knows what to do. It's, it's part of the human experience and, and probably the most beautiful part. I love it. And, and how do you translate this into your trainings? You know, this is not just something that you work on for yourself, but you're training yeah. coaches, you're training employees, how to access this talent. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, I uh, first place I taught, um, I was just about 15 years ago, I was just doing stand up in Washington, D.C. And a bunch of um, uh, people from the Smithsonian Institute came in and they've been, they were getting a lot of requests from their fellows because it's the Smithsonian. It's, you know, they're, they're, their members are called fellows. And, um, but they were getting a lot of requests from people who, who kind of saw the future and, and realized that they, 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 were, they wanted to learn this, the science of humor and the skills of humor, but they didn't want to be comedians. If you can connect with humor, you know, right now people only have anger. They only have sadness. You know, that's why I say humor will raise the emotional intelligence if you give them that club in their bag that they can use and, 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 and really get them to look to humor because, like I say, you know, we can't control what happens to us, but we absolutely can control how we feel about it. Yeah, so Matt, you've, you, met, you touched on something before we started the show that I th think is very interesting. We, we were talking about the younger generation, and one of the problems with HR is that uh, the younger generation, the older generation are having a hard time connecting because it sure. feels like two different worlds coming together in the workplace and trying to get along and trying to figure out how to move forward with engaging employees' uh, retention and, and performance. So how do you leverage humor to be able to bridge these two worlds? Yeah, no, I, and I think it's, you know, I also teach people humor in 2020, which is, in, you know, not just because of COVID, but infinitely different than even it was in 2010, maybe 2015. You know, it, it's actually giving them the tools to use humor, but also the tools to, to not get fall into the very small percentage of perils when it comes to humor. You know, we always see it, somebody gets fired for telling a bad joke and they thought it was just a joke. But really understanding why we laugh. We only laugh for two reasons. We laugh at a superiority and we laugh at a commonality. And, and really, there are jokes. I wrote this one man show called 40 is not the new 20. And I would get grandparents, dad, and then grandchild. All three of them will come to the show because it was engineered for that to, to bring us together so that you know, when I talk about when I was a kid, and this will freak a young guy out like you, there were only three stations on TV. And, and I don't mean that once. I mean three. That's all the heck we had, you know? And TV used to end at midnight. So the funny thing about that is to, to people who are my age, they'll laugh at that joke because it's a commonality joke, and then that'll bring us together. But I've, I've, I've tailored the materials so that the young people can laugh at it as a superiority joke because they look at their parents and go, how the heck did you live that way? You know, no cell phone, no three stations on TV. We didn't have Google. We had go ask your father, you know, and, but here's a way to, to use superiority because it's a, it's, it's a joke about a subject and, 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 and the thing and not a person. And that's what I teach people. If there's a victim in the joke and it's not, you don't tell it, you know? So, you know, really how people mind for the material and teaching them how to do that, because, you know, think about every great memory you have about, 
every holiday with your family. There's different ages there, there's different, you know, there's a sect, you know, all this thing. But it, the most amazing ones are when we were all just sitting around making each other laugh. So, you know, but it's what usually we're laughing around what we have in common. So teaching people how to go and go, you know, yes, we may be different. I may be older, you may be younger, da da da. But for as much as we're told we're, we're, we're different, we're more alike than any other animal on the planet. I don't care what age you are, what sex you are, what race you are. And as long as you really kind of focus on, you know, kind of what brings us together and, and, and certainly COVID now is, is right. you know, is, and, and at some point we're going to have to unpack all this stuff that's been done to us and humor and storytelling are, are going to be our ways out of this because otherwise it's like I said, it, it's only fear. It's only toxic. It's only, it's only, you know, sadness, anger. So, um, yeah, no, I think humor engages, but it, 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 it it's, it's not like, and, and trust me, Hollywood has segmented the, the, the comedy world. You know, it's like, you know, you and your dad shouldn't laugh at the same comedian. It, by design, Hollywood has done that so that they can market, you know, if you're Asian, here's your comedian. If you're a mom, here's your comedian. If you're, a, a, you, know, you know, love dogs, here's your comedian. If you're, you know, liberal, here's your comedian. But, you know, in the old days, it was one comedian made the whole family laugh. And, and, and that's what I'm hearkening back to. And, and, and you know, uh, what I'm trying to, 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 to do is is go, you know, it, it doesn't have to be so so designed, you know. They they think humor is going to engage because I look like you, you know. I'm Indian, you're Indian. Just go out and build an Indian audience, and that's that's really all they'll let them do in Hollywood is is go after a, a specific audience. But you know that limits humor. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, humor can connect everyone, and uh, it doesn't matter the age uh, as long as it's funny and it's. And, and why it does this, you know, when we get, if you get into the neuroscience, I know we don't have a ton of time, but why it does this is humor is based in empathy. So in order for me to make you laugh, I have to think about you as a person and talk about HR, <laughs> actually thinking about, you know, the employee as a person, you know, I mean, that would, that alone would go a long way. And that's why, you know, the companies that, that I work with that start reintroducing humor as strategy to improve culture and a way to engage people, especially in this remote world, um, it, it, they're already spending way more energy, time, and money to accomplish less. So, you know, but they're afraid of humor because they go, well, what if we have a racist in the organization? Then you got a racist in your organization. You should have better hiring practices and not blame it on humor. But he's gonna be a racist accountant. He's gonna be a racist whatever. It doesn't matter that you are now empowering your employees with the most powerful coping mechanism that we have um, because you want to throw out the baby with the racist, you know, it, it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. And, and that's, yeah. And let's flush that out a little bit. Cause I think that's very interesting. You're touching on something that is so important is, is this, this element of empathy in the workplace that seems to be lost on certain companies that haven't spent the time to develop empathy intentionally in their organization. And what I think I heard from you is that humor is a great way to help us all empathize. And Absolutely. this example that you've given of, you know, this, what if, what if there's a racist in, in the audience, I, you know, comedy as of late has been under um, fire because of, you know, racist comments or um, hate speech potentially. Um, and some comedians lean into that. Some say, no, th this is a tool. I'm curious, how do you, 
bridge the two worlds when you go into corporations and when, when you're doing your 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 bit how do you um you know still be funny but yeah. also protect against you know thoughts or that yeah. might be considered racist yeah no no absolutely and and you know I'm still one of the believers that, you know, we're grown people and we can identify intent, you know, um, that all, you know, words are not created equal. Um, however, you really have to be cognizant of the words and understand that, 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 you know, a word that was okay a while ago, like, like, for example, the word of the president, even if you're not talking about the president of the United States, know that that word has been changed and that people have emotions that they that they've connected to to words that the second you say them all is what called a bleed through all of these things now will bleed through that may have nothing to do with what you're talking about so you have to be really conscious of the words you also have to be conscious of of of, of, of people's you know feelings you know i mean i think that's where we are in society so so you know we look. We're telling people to, to to be more aware and 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 understanding uh, of what you're saying. You know, even me when I talk about you know this is what I do for a living. But the phrase you know you guys you know I'll say that to audiences still and I'll smack my tongue because I know in three to five years that will be even it'll be offensive. It, I mean, it, we're giving people a little runway to kind of get their act together, and that's why I think humor in conjunction with that. Um, humor training, you know, prepares them for becoming wordsmiths. And that's the, you know, there are three takeaways that I want from every one of my, my courses or trainings or experiences is one, to change the mindset. The second, reconnect them with the funny that lives inside of them. And third, teach them how to become wordsmiths and not just to avoid words, but then to find one word that can do the job of 20. I mean, that's what comedians, that's what we do. So, you know, I, I, it, it isn't just, hey, go out there and be funny and, and you know, I, like, I, it's really, it's motivational. I, you know, I actually give them the, the, the actual skills, tips and tools and hacks and, and everything they need to do. And then also rules, you know, so that the, the bad side of humor doesn't, doesn't come out. And the reason it does come out, if you think about it, people laugh out of two reasons, superiority and commonality. Superiority when it comes to people is not a good thing. But in business, when it comes to products or your competitive advantage, I work with trade show people a lot. How does one company in a booth of hundreds that do the same thing stand out from the competition? And it turns out that humor is a great way to do that. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. And as I think about um, where the world is headed in the past seven months, we have all kind of embraced this digital workplace culture. Do you have any practical tips about how um, HR leaders can bring more humor into the Zoom workspace. Sure. You know, it's, it's funny. I, uh, I was talking to a client the other day and she's like, we have a hundred people we have to onboard this month and we're going to have to do it virtually. And, you know, how do we make that engaging? And I go, first of all, start with somebody who's engaging. You know, I mean, if, if, if you thought people were bad live, it's, it's exponentially you know, as challenging to go virtual. And, and like I said, most time when people get up in front of you, they're just delivering information. And that's why I have to teach about the science of story, the science of humor, the science of you, you know, um, you know, an ounce of truth is worth more than a pound of lie, you know? So when I say being engaging, you know, you gotta be yourself and, and understand that the audience is there. They're just not right in front of you. So, you know, there's a lot of, 
things you have to do mindset wise to get yourself ready for this kind of experience. But, you know, use stories instead of, you know, and really look at the, you know, the, the, you know, the presentation and go, you know, is this just information? Because it's a waste of your time and a waste of their time. And uh, because the science, and it's not just me saying the science says otherwise that, you know, think, I always tell people when you're putting together a presentation, think about it like a three act play, you know, it's, it's, it's every piece of content that you've ever watched from a sitcom to a movie, to a play, to a one man show, they're all based, <clears throat> lose my voice today, all based on a three act play. So, but at least you're going into it with some intention instead of going, you know what, this is the way we've always done it. I'm just going to now do it virtually. And, and virtually, it's not even like you could throw more energy at it. You have to throw more, you know, more intention at it, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, people are less engaged this way, but it, it, trust me, on a, they're listening with their conscious mind, but what you're trying to do is make that connection with the subconscious because that's where every long-term memory lives. And, you know, and I think also pretending that we're not going through this, you know, COVID gives us opportunity. Like I said, cause we're all have this in common. We're all going through this, you know, how does this make us the same? You know, looking to those things uh, as you're developing your content, but know that it can't just be the delivery of information. You've got to use human elements, story, humor, um, remember comedy is about exaggeration. So, uh, you know, it has to start in your truth, but certainly shouldn't end there. So always be kind of looking for, you know, can this be funnier? You know, can, can this be more f farcical? You know, how do, how do I make this? Yes, based in truth, but you know, not something that people would, uh, uh, you know, that's where f the funny would, 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 would come from. But, but one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give people and why they can't effectively use humor is they write words to be read versus said. And this is huge because, you know, I teach people a formula and it's simple formula. Set up, describe the situation, punchline, tagline, throwaway line. This has been super helpful, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Before we close, do you have a last minute gem or a piece of advice that you'd like to leave with anyone who's ready to make a difference? I, I think understanding that, the, that humor was, is a, was given to us as a gift and you know, that you are funny, that you, you, it, it isn't reserved just for that guy so that he can sell more you know, software. It, 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 is, it is part of, 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 of who we are and, and know that it exists. It is, it is truly an American workplace issue all around the globe even in this country in all places where stress exists and that's the workplace humor has found its way in there whether it's the military whether it's the courthouse whether it's a tribe in papua new guinea you know where you know i've got a video in in, in one of my presentations where it's one of the elders teaching a young boy how to extract eggs off the side of a cliff where they, literally death can happen at any second. And these two are laughing their way through this, partly because he wants them to remember it, but partly because, you know what, why not laugh? You know, when in doubt, laugh. If I give you one piece of advice, you know, look to that because the science on mental health as, a, as not just a coping mechanism, but just say you're presented with a problem and you automatically 
fear that problem, get angry, get sad, the mind shuts down. When you're laughing, both hemispheres of the brain are opened up. You get clarity. Because for me, the effective, powerful uses of humor, it's just math. What are the variables? What do I know about this group? And really starting to look at that um, will go a long way towards changing your life, but changing the life of, of, of those uh, in your organization. And, and, you know, nobody should be sad to go to work. You know, none of us should be. And, yeah. and we can change that going forward. I love it. Why not laugh? Why hide your laughter? I think that is such a pertinent message. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. How can our listeners keep in touch with you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Matt Kazam on LinkedIn. Um, and then uh, They Laugh You Win is the website. Some of the corporate training programs are on there. And then uh, my virtual offerings, I have on a separate thing, They Laugh You Win forward slash virtual. Uh, I have a joke writing workshop there, improv uh, games workshop, storytelling workshop, everything that you need to bring humor back to the workplace. Uh, and you don't have to be afraid of it. I embrace it at this time. And I'm happy I'm here to help anyone. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt, for your insights. We look forward to continuing the conversation. Take care, brother. Be well.